0: Welcome to this Barks podcast, brought to you by the Pet Professional Guild. The Pet Professional Guild is a membership organization that represents you, a pet industry professional who is committed to results-based, science-based, ethical training and pet care. Pet guardians, do you need help with your pet? PPG has professionals across the world on standby to help you and your four-legged family member so you're in the right place. To learn more about PPG, visit www petprofessionalguild.com Let's start with this week's podcast. Hello Dorothy, Dr Dorothy Heffernan, how are you? Hello Nikki, I'm great, how are you? I'm, I'm fine, thank you for playing my game of technology's going to fail us today. <laughs> it was great fun. <laughs> That's always a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Welcome everybody. We had a couple of um, little idiosyncrasies going on with our technology. So we had to switch platforms really quickly, which I think we managed to do in about 35 seconds, which worked really well. <laughs> so brilliant. So I am here today with Dorothy Dorothy Heffernan. And, okay, so you are originally from Ireland, but living in Glasgow. Yeah. There you go. So... She has a wonderful accent because there's sort of little little bits and pieces, because when I first spoke to you, i was I was thinking, mm, I'm catching a little bit of Irish, I'm catching some Scottish, but I could also understand every word you said, which sometimes I can't do if I'm talking the Glaswegian accent is quite strong, isn't it?
1: Mm, it is actually we we were having some people doing work in the house earlier, and one of the guys kept saying things to me, and I you know I've lived here thirty years. And I just kept looking at him and going, "I don't know what he's saying." <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, simultaneous translation for, for Glaswegian. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you um, do you do you sense the accents in your voice at all? Do you ever think, "Oh, that's a Scottish word," "That's an Irish word," "That's a"? Yeah, it's it's actually that's
1: probably what it is. So I think I may speak Scottish with an Irish accent. Right, um, because I use lots of Scots words. Yeah. Um, like we <laughs> yeah lots of we yeah. and um yeah all, all the sort of strange little scottish phrases and idioms and things that i don't realize i'm doing right. and then i go back to ireland and my um friends and family all go you, you what what's that mean yeah
2: so, i yeah
0: i experience the same thing my family think i sound american but and I, but actually i don't it's the word choices I use. It's when I use words like elevator or parking lot, it's those kind of words. Mm. And then people in the, in the US think I'm really English sounding because I then will sometimes use English words. So I don't think it's the accent. I think it's the word choices that we use that sometimes throw people a little bit.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think so too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway. Because there's also
1: some funny pronunciations as well, which I still, I think they're kind of local to hear. Mm-hmm. but there's a, there's a place quite nearby which is called the k-e-r-s-e and i always pronounce it curse right but no right. it's cares. Ah. <laughs> so yeah. there's my scottish yeah. for you it's the curse yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot it's of taken time
0: me in glasgow,
2: again when i was younger i had years. a
0: boyfriend in glasgow actually and i used to drive up from london almost every weekend to see him Ooh. i know he lived in dumbarton Um, So I was it was an area I was really familiar with and I was in Scotland two years ago with PPG and we went to Edinburgh and I actually wanted to pass through Glasgow because it was the only place that I had a reference point where I'd be able to see the changes because Mm. I know I mean Glasgow now is a really trendy arty Mm -hmm. city isn't it I mean it's very very popular yeah 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 not not that I've seen it for the last year but I believe it (laughs) (laughs) well of course of course yeah (laughs) How did you how did you get to Glasgow and were you a horsey person before you got to Glasgow or was that something that sort of came with the move to Glasgow? Yeah, no,
1: it, well, it, it wasn't. So I, I, I was born to a very horsey family in Ireland. Right. Um, the Heffernans are horse trainers and horse breeders and okay. um, jockeys and riders of various sorts. Um, but I never had a horse of my own because by the time I was born my dad had sold the family farm and horse breeding business so oh one of my horses is trying to trying to join in there sorry (laughs) um I don't know if that's coming across but there's shouting outside so yeah yeah, I was I was in a horsey family but I never had a horse of my own Mm -hmm. by nagging my poor father for most of my Mm -hmm. my early years and um but I I rode a lot Mm -hmm. Um, but mainly cousins horses and riding school horses and yeah friends horses and so so that was it so I and I didn't come to Glasgow until I was 28 and when I was 28 I decided I had I had enough of my boring dead-end job and I was going to go to university and I looked at various universities and at that stage I had met my partner but he was living in Glasgow and I thought oh why don't i move to glasgow as well and just yeah, you know just yeah. just for university yeah um, mm-hmm. and that was 30 years and so i moved and i promised i was very i said i'm going to make this university thing work and i was very 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 determined and disciplined and for four years of my undergraduate degree i didn't read novels so mm-hmm. i was like yes i'm not going to fritter away time and i didn't ride horses and then i got my undergraduate degree and i was like
2: party
1: time uh, i went rushing out read read loads of novels and i also um found a friend who had a horse right and she said i would i i'm pregnant and i can't ride my horse could you ride my horse for me oh cool yay so that i got back into horses at that stage and then after just a little while so at that stage i was doing phd and as normally happens with phd university you're like way hey cheap labor so i'm off teaching all of these undergraduate labs and i'm teaching lots of learning theory right and i'm teaching hundreds and hundreds of students um, what all of these things are and we used to have this um computerized program called sniffy the rat and you had to train mm-hmm. sniffy the rat to yeah. do various yeah. things using operant conditioning and while I was doing all this, I suddenly reflected that the way I was working with the horse I was riding, and the way different. I was working with Sniffy the Rash, was completely different, and yeah. that there was a bit yeah. of a mismatch, so yeah. at that point, I thought, actually, what I would like to do is find out more about how psychology mm-hmm. applies to what I'm doing with the horses, Right. and that was the point at which I went off and did additional, kind of, not quite postgraduate training, but kind of continued right. professional development for the yeah. psychology that I'd done, yeah. and started to look, specifically at, at working with horses. Right. And that's, yeah, again, that's- uh,
0: What was the um, what was the light bulb moment? What was the one thing that you sort of went, oh my God, this is what I'm teaching, but this is what I'm actually doing?
1: Yeah, that's a really good, that's a good question. I don't think it was a light bulb moment. I think it was just more a gradual dawning mm-hmm. on me. Right. But, and, and actually the other thing was at that stage, I had mm-hmm. one of the people I worked with, mm-hmm. I got on really well with, he's a mm-hmm. very interesting guy. And he taught a course called um, Physiological Psychology, which was all about mm-hmm. neuroscience and the way that the brain controls the body, etc. Yeah. And um, he got the opportunity to have a sabbatical. Right. And he said, Dorothy, will you teach my course while I'm on sabbatical? And I was like, whoa, I've never taught a whole course before. This is scary. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so he was like, you'll be great. And I was like, oh, thank you, Mark. And it was quite overwhelming, but I started teaching this course yeah. and, uh, you know, I'd be kind of going along, reading all the textbooks, trying to get all the lectures together and then going, Mark, Mark, this is a bit scary. And he's like, you're fine. And then I'd go, this is what I've done. And he's like, that's really good. And then other days I'd go, this is what I've done. And he'd go, that's an interesting thing that you did there. I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, you know, I was about a month or two in, I started reflecting and thinking, wow, he's good (laughs) at this training business. I'm being positively reinforced all the time and my behavior is increasing. And uh, I think that was actually what made me think the fact that somebody that I was working with was so good at picking out the things that he wanted to reinforce and what I was doing. And I felt great about it. So the whole time I was like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. Instead of going, oh my God, I'm terrified. I'm standing up in front of 200 people talking about something that I'm not terribly sure I really understand. So um, it, was,
0: it was interesting. Yeah. And I think he was the turning point for me. Right. It was actually a so one it was more So it's more about how he was managing your performance and how he was mani- using positive yeah. reinforcement that made yeah. you, yeah. 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 And yeah. how I felt. That was the thing I think that right. made
1: me realize that, you know, I was doing something that was really quite scary right. and I was yeah. enjoying it. And I felt every time he yeah. was like, well done, Dorothy, I was like, oh. <laughs> and I thought,
0: yeah. that is not what I am doing when I am training horse.
2: So that, yeah.
0: was, that was the reflection That's really nice to hear, because how many times do we see positive reinforcement trainers not being so nice with clients or with colleagues or peers? And you think it. Yeah, it's it's I, I, I it's one of those things that I constantly see on social media. And I just think I just I really wish I understood why that why that happened. Why we can be sort of keyboard warriors and advocate for our animals. And then suddenly when we turn to the two-legged species, we have no patience, we don't split criteria, we just make judgment calls and we become yeah. passive aggressive. If when mm. you know we don't sort of forwardly punish, we then become passive aggressive. Yeah. It's 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 very strange. It's really nice to hear that someone that was actually teaching that was also applying it to their students as yeah. well. And here's what I love about what I do. Is I, I learned years ago that just by teaching one client, you impact one person. But if you educate to a broader audience, and when you think back to the gentleman that helped you along the way, think about how many horses he's indirectly impacted and how many people, <laughs> no, really, because of the work yeah, that you've gone on life. to do.
2: I mean, he right. thought, well, I'm
0: just helping Dorothy along the way, but ultimately yeah. hundreds of people and probably thousands of horses. Yeah, and that's, I haven't you know, thought about that. Yeah. I, if
1: I went to him and said, Wow, Mark, look, look what you've done for positive reinforcement training for horses. Yeah. Think he'd, be, he'd be astonished, but pleased. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I do try to channel them. So if I am right. working with
0: people, I try to go, you know, I'll Mark, Hello, Mark.
1: Yeah. So he, he's my role model. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. I have a person like that many years ago when I worked in London. Um, I was actually an assistant training director at the time. Um, and I studied psychology, but it was all about people. It's about developing individuals. And um, my boss came to me one day and she said, you know what, Nikki? She said, you're so talented in so many different ways, but you've got to be a bit more warm and fuzzy with people. And, I, and I'm and i not very warm and fuzzy. It's, I mean, I just that wasn't my family. We were not a warm and fuzzy yeah. family. I mean, we go for years without even speaking to each other. When we do, we're fine. We're just not a sort of warm and fuzzy family. And I said, what does that actually look like? She goes, well... Like be tactile, be, be be more gentle. And that for me was a really strange concept. And I had to learn to be like that. And I couldn't believe the difference in the results I got when I did that. Because however mechanical you are and however good you are with your job, if you're not receptive or being re, or people are not receptive to listening to you because you're a little bit aloof or a little bit harsh or a little bit stern, you know, whether it's by design or not. It significantly impacts. So whenever I think, whenever yeah. I'm interacting with somebody and I'm looking at their body language and thinking, they're not getting me. They're not. I, I'm not feeling the. I, I think back to Karen and Karen always said, "Just be warm and fuzzy." And I'm, I was like, "What does warm and fuzzy actually look like?" So yeah. So it just the things yeah. you have to learn. Yeah. So and can let's talk- to water. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like okay, turn the warm and fuzzy on. Um, so you're in Glasgow and you work with, and how many, I, I do, I do watch some of your videos. You have some really attractive, handsome horses. How many, how many horses do you have?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, there are three horses that I own and right. one additional horse who I don't own, who also lives with them okay. because horses are, mm-hmm. um, my, my, my partner says, that the ideal number of horses is n plus one where n is the number (laughs) of horses Um, and this you know as I I always say I started with 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 one who was my planned horse right so 15 years ago he was the planned member of the family he Mm -hmm. arrived and then I had two accidents Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so I've I've ended up with three
0: um, that's what what you call them in the horse industry is it accidents (laughs) accidents so I, yeah, I can see not. one behind your shoulder. A gorgeous brown horse just walked behind your shoulder.
1: That's the one. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Right. Let's see, it might. It might. Let's see if we can just go this. Oh, way. Oh, look at that!
0: We're going on a tour of Dorothy's property. I know there's a horse there somewhere. No, I can <laughs> see him on the on my left. Yeah. Hey, there, you go. A yeah. Horse
1: there Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah.
2: So
1: they're, they're all out there. Um,
2: yeah.
1: And uh, yes, he's the planned one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Jackson um, right. and that's he, um, he, he came because um, my poor dad mm. daddy daddy buy me a pony daddy buy me a pony daddy buy me a pony it never mm. happened and then when dad died he left me a small amount of money and I was like well I'll put that towards university but I never did spend it and then when I finished university I was like Hey, hey, Dad, you're Bought buying me a, me a pony. Pony. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think Dad would have liked him. He's, he's big and yeah. brown, and, and, and yeah. Dad would have approved of a big brown horse. Um, he, he didn't, he, Irish people are strange. They have odd prejudices. And his family, the thing they specialized in was breeding big black horses right. for, um, for the British Army okay which is kind of weird
2: yeah
1: um and he liked solid colored horses he didn't like light colored horses yeah. or patchy horses he liked yeah. solid colors brown brown is good so there's a big brown horse out yeah. There. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah
1: and that's thanks dad um and then um what about six years ago i had a friend She said oh i have this wonderful little pony and he could be jackson's brother but just much smaller and i He's, you know, I had to sell him and he's found himself in a not good place. So why don't we get him company? Why don't, and he why don't keep we he can keep Jackson company, but I have it all arranged already. He's going to go to a young girl that I know who wants a pony, but she just kind of needs to sort of save up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I'm a sucker. Just just so you know,
0: Dorothy, those kind of friends are really troublesome. I have several of those types of friends (laughs) that just, let's go and get something, meaning meaning we'll get it and then you'll look after it. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fine. So Rio arrived and he is a New Forest pony. Right. But he has never seen the New Forest. He was born and bred in Scotland. Right. And um, he arrived. this young girl (laughs) and about three months later she discovered boys (laughs) Ah. she didn't want a pony anymore so i now had a very large brown horse and an almost identical very small brown horse um and so that was fine and i thought yeah Rio's great we love him we'll keep him that's great and then about what five years ago now four or five years ago a friend of the same friend said ah. to me I bought a horse they hunt in packs my daughter. Don't they? they hunt in packs and those friends yeah I said she's a bad influence Bought <laughs> a horse for my daughter but we can't get near him we can't touch him we can't get anywhere near him and I was like oh you know sometimes it is difficult for yeah. you get the horse and put them in the field they don't want to come over she's like no 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 he's not in the field he's in a stable and we can't get near him oh wow said, okay you can't catch a horse in a stable that's not good yeah so I said okay look just, just this once i will come over and give you a hand <laughs> so i went over gave her a hand said yeah you're okay you have a problem here and i said you have to get him out of the stable and she said if he goes out of the stable we'll never see him again and i was thinking "I no, will no. trust me trust me so he got out of the stable and i went over i think every week once a week for about eight weeks mm-hmm. and at that point he was coming over going hi Dorothy I love you mm-hmm. um and anybody else appeared who was like bomb mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh by a, a strange sequence of events he ended up in the field with my horses uh, mine mm-hmm. because she said oh I've lost my job and um I have to do something and get rid of all all of my horses mm-hmm. at that stage she had seven um and um you know mercury is his name mal we call him um is is basically you know what am i going to do with a horse you can't catch he's he's yours now dorothy (laughs) so so i acquired my third horse who is um absolutely delightful i call him my my special unicorn Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. he, he looks like a unicorn right he's very beautiful but i think (laughs) <laughs> the type of horse he is, I don't know, in the States, he'd probably be called a gypsy vanner.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, here, he's just called a cob. He's a small cob, and it's the sort that is normally bred to pull parts. Right. Rats and etc. Yeah. So I think somebody tried to teach him to pull things and blew his brains. Uh, so yeah. he is my little special unicorn, and uh, he is just my beautiful little pet. Yeah who makes every day bright and sunshiny.
0: Let me ask you a question about that reference you made to the New Forest ponies. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm aware of the New Forest ponies, but I'm not sure if our audience will be. Um, you said that he was a New Forest pony even though he was born in Scotland. So are you referring to the DNA line? Is that what you're referring to?
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. So um, of the native breeds in the UK, mm-hmm. there's several native breeds, um, and mm-hmm. one the, the ones from down south mm-hmm. would be Exmoor, Dartmoor, and New Forest ponies. Right. So they're all from the south of yeah. England. And then as you go north, there's a variety of different Welsh ponies that are native, mm-hmm. native to the UK.
2: Yeah.
1: Then if you go far, quite far west, there's the Connemara in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And then as you go further north, the other native ponies are Fell ponies, Dale ponies, And then in Scotland, Highland ponies and Eriskin ponies, and then very furthest north, Mm -hmm. Shetland ponies. So they would be, I'm sure someone will correct me if I've missed any, but they are the native pony breeds of the UK. Okay. So although Rio Rio is is a New Forest pony because his mum and dad were both New Forest ponies, but it so happens that by the time they got to Scotland, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, he, he he was born once his, okay. his mum arrived in Scotland.
0: So. When you when you say native ponies, are, do, do the majority of these ponies still live um rurally um live feral? I'm not uh, sure what, what's the what's yeah, the terminology.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. They're not so they're not entirely feral. They're all right. most of them are either owned or at least managed by by people. Um, New Forest ones are interesting. The way they manage them is that they um they keep all of the stallions separately for most of the year and then for a very short set period of time mm-hmm. they right. release the stallion in different areas right, um, right. and that way all of the mares who live out in the forest right. and the moorland there all year round
2: mm-hmm.
1: they, they can kind of tell which mares have met which stallions yeah yeah,
2: yeah. and
1: that way they know the breeding yeah. so that's how they manage the number of ponies mm. in the right. new forest
2: right
1: in Exmoor and Dartmoor it's a little bit different and they are less maybe less managed and mm. I think the stallions run out with the mares all year yeah. round and in Wales again I think it depends there are obviously breeders and in the new forest there are mm. breeders too right. but there are also some ponies who just live out um in kind of common areas yeah on the commons so, yeah I've seen that yeah uh, not so much in the highlands all of right. the ponies would be but there aren't really any mm-hmm. um, feral ponies in Scotland right. um, and fells and dale ponies again I think are, are mm-hmm. very much more managed. Yeah. Mm. Right. They are using some native ponies in rewilding projects mm-hmm. um, where they, they use them for conservation grazing um, and there are some places like that where again they're just left relatively yeah. unmanaged. Yeah. They are still owned by either organizations or individuals
0: yeah okay mm. let, no let me ask you let me ask you some questions about horse behavior um I have one of those friends that you have who many years ago told me she was going to rescue a donkey um and we actually rescued two donkeys both of which ended up at my house so we were not rescuing anything she was driving me to rescue two donkeys Um, And that was being done because we had rescued another friend, actually, a similar friend. We had rescued a small pony that was very old and just needed somewhere um, to graze. And just as a reference point, I grew up in Cheshire. All my friends at school had horses, all of them. I was the only girl at school that did not want a horse or a pony. My parents said they always waited for the I want a pony conversation and it never materialized. Um, yeah I was actually into motorbikes which my father refused to buy me Um, so I ended up buying my own and then had to sell it as a proviso for him lending me some money to buy my first house so he got his own way in the end he got rid of the damn motorbike Um, I'm not sure which is the most dangerous actually riding horses or riding motorbikes but (laughs) they both come with their perils anyway so we have this small pony at our farm and we then brought in um, two donkeys the first one came first and the pony was brutal. And I remember that first day calling my girlfriend and saying, you've got to come and help me. You've got to come and help me. And she said, just let them figure it out. And I said, no, this poor baby donkey was going up to the pony wanting company and the pony would just drive it off. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it took a few weeks until eventually they were together and they remained best of friends for many years. But my girlfriend who had got the donkey for me had they had a horse ranch. Constantly, when I was there, I would see them moving horses around pastures and just these awful fights would break out between horses and I mean it's so scary to watch them. Is, is that considered ritualized like some of the sort of dog fighting is or would can they or, and do they often do significant damage to each other. Mm. And how do you manage that if you've got multiple horses. Yeah,
1: well, mm, mm, no, they, 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 they don't want to do that. Right. Um, and even in, in if you look at the few remaining wild horses, um, or more specifically feral horses, I guess, is what gets studied. Um, you know, they, 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 they keep themselves to themselves. They don't mm. want to expend energy and risk injury right. by getting into big fights. They don't want to do that at all. So is that um, just, are, we,
0: are we saying that's it's just poor, poor management of horses that are being
1: contained by people yeah yeah or, or just careless or lack of understanding but it, right. it doesn't I mean I, I've so for example the three horses I the four horses I have at the moment one of one mm-hmm. of them is not mine so one who lived here with mine left mm-hmm. and I I needed to get another one because mm-hmm. four is the ideal number and um after <laughs> almost interviewing people for a while eventually I found this lady and I thought she thinks the way I do and I like her horse and I think her horse would get mm-hmm. well with my horses So I set things up when he arrived, so that when he met my horses, Mm -hmm. they just all went, hi, new friend, Mm -hmm. and they went off down the field, and that was it. Right. Um, And that was as exciting as it got. Yeah. So we, you know, if there are things that you can do to make sure introductions are friendly Mm -hmm. and and nice, um, and... You know it's just bearing those things in the in mind so most fights are over resources
2: yeah and it's mm-hmm.
1: resources that the horse thinks that they can't get and not getting is life-threatening for them and it's usually food is that the root of it and the way that we manage food for horses right. they think oh my right. god i'm going to die i don't know when i'm going to get food again mm-hmm. um, and that horse might have food so i have to take the food and then you get right. fights so right. when we introduce new horses and um, we make sure that there is enough food for everybody mm-hmm. so that nobody is going I'm short of food mm-hmm. um, and that there is enough space for everybody right. so nobody right. thinks I'm being pinned into a corner right and that they have some knowledge of the other horses before they actually meet face to face so one of the things we do and this is kind of to do with um the way horses perceive their environment uh, is we exchange um poo so you gather up right. the horse poo. Right into a bucket and right. put one from the new horse into mm-hmm. the, the field with the, the um, existing horses they're going to meet mm-hmm. and you vice versa. So the horses get to sniff yeah
0: yeah and
1: get to know the other horses without actually right. having to go face to face. So when they actually then meet they sniff one another and go I know you. Right. And that's yeah. it.
0: Yeah we sometimes um, do things like that with dogs and not necessarily using poop but using you know yeah, scents and
1: smells. Yeah. And, and just, like, just like a dog, yeah. Yeah. if I take my horse for a walk, mm-hmm. he's going to want to sniff every poop pile right. we pass. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, who's that? Oh, yeah. who's that? Who's that? Yeah. So, you know, and I let him because he enjoys it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's similar, I think, you know. Um, right. they, they get to know an awful lot about other horses around by, right. by smelling. And that, in the wild, um, stallions create dung piles. Mm-hmm where they go and they leave their dung right. for other horses to come and sniff. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's a pretty natural thing to do. And it seems right. to reduce an awful lot of the conflict. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I think the other thing we do is we keep them in a slightly heightened state of arousal all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then any interaction becomes more highly charged. So where they might, might play lots of games, mm-hmm. if they're feeling a bit stressed, the games get a bit more full on. Mm-hmm. So I try to keep them all very calm and relaxed and not stressed right. so that when they're when they're playing they're not starting to actually yeah. get yeah. too intense with the game.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Although anybody looking on would go that's too intense yeah. <laughs> but you know if you know them you see yeah. like I, I have one. You have to know large. their baseline
2: don't you to so understand if yeah. something's intense. Exactly right. and I
1: think it's probably the same with dog. I think dogs do this as well um, but you can have huge size disparity. Mm-hmm. So one of my horses is
2: huge. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, One of them is quite small and the other two are in the middle Mm -hmm. and the big one pulls his punches. Yeah. So when they play, you see him constantly Mm -hmm. assessing how much he can push with the smaller horses and he will pull back if he thinks Mm -hmm. they're getting worried or if he thinks it's too much
0: which is so which the, you see i mean i have a 45 pound australian shepherd and an 11 pound jack russell chihuahua and the the the, the aussie does a lovely job of itself in you know inhibiting even to the point of yeah. going on the floor and yeah, yeah yeah same what what are the um uh, with a dog who they play bow they pant, they what what are the sort of pr- first signs that a horse is initiating play what do they do
1: you know, that's really a, such a good question, because I've watched them and watched them and watched them, mm-hmm. and it's it's difficult to actually say. It's something about how they walk towards one another. It's, it's sort of a jaunt rather than a... Yeah, yeah. and it is, it's It's very much <clears throat> sort of a, a play invitation. They just they walk towards one another. And I suppose, hmm, when I think about it, most of the time they don't actually walk towards one another. That's not mm. something horses do. They walk yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, a herd moves together to some place all in the same direction. But I think with play, if they're sort of hanging around Mm -hmm. and I look out, I will see horse A look up and then just start walking towards horse B. And sometimes, and again, I find the signals difficult to spot. Sometimes he's saying, Mm -hmm. I'd like to do a bit of mutual grooming with you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he's saying, actually I kind of fancy a game. And it's very similar, but it's when they walk towards one another. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think the mutual grooming, there's a very slight turn to the side as they come in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think with play, it's more face-to-face and right. the head goes up. And usually it starts with a bit of whisker biting. Yeah. So yeah. Um, one horse will kind of reach over and nip the other yeah. horse's yeah. whiskers. And then yeah. they start sort of wrestling with their heads and then yeah. it
2: goes from yeah. there.
1: So yeah. it's difficult to say, but it's a very, it's a very it's probably not a high alert behavior so Mm -hmm. you you know in terms of the level of arousal they kind of fancy a game Mm -hmm. but they're not looking they're giving an awful lot of kind of um not calming signals exactly although they can if Mm -hmm. if they think one of the horses is maybe a little bit Mm full-on but just more um and not even appeasement it's 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 very subtle it's just yeah, kind of yeah. pleasant express yeah. pleasant neutral expression right right right, um, and not not in any way posturing yeah. so it generally a game doesn't start with posturing although right. it may include it at a later stage they just yeah. walk t- yeah. towards one another in a very uh, kind of way and then if the other horse is on for it then they just that's mm. that's where it goes and it's equally if they walk in and the other horse goes nah and walks off.
0: That's fine. Right. End of game. Do they do they initiate that with humans? Because I often you you hear about horse trainers saying, oh, you know, my horse gets muggy around me. They use their head on, and you know that we can't have them doing that. And obviously, we, we in with horses like with dogs, we still have a lot of this dominance theory, this sort of mm-hmm. stuff floating around. Um, and yeah. I mean, do horses initiate play with humans that could be being misunderstood as other things? Yeah well yeah. one of the things that does get misunderstood
1: a lot mm-hmm. is if you think about that play that I'm talking about where one horse goes up and bites mm-hmm. the other horse's whiskers yeah yeah usually it involves a horse going in and doing a little bit of this kind of nipping right and if a horse comes into us and walks in just to say hello yeah but we're a bit nervous and we yeah. kind of back them away they think that's play right so they're like "Stop! oh look look you're doing that so I'll yeah. just I'll yeah. just come back in yeah and it's it's very much kind of you know well if that's what you're doing i can i can do that right then. and right. i think that's that's a total miscommunication yeah, yeah. so what we're doing trying, trying to get rid of the horse the yeah. horse thinks play play yeah. so that can go quite badly wrong right um the other the other thing that can go wrong from personal experience um about 15 years ago when i got the big horse and he was four and very playful is it looks fantastic when humans run around and horses want to run around with them mm-hmm. And I thought, "Way, hey, hey, I am the big horse trainer and I'm going to run around, my horse is going to play with me, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, okay. He thought it was great. I thought it was mostly great, but his brakes weren't great. And a few times we ran around and a couple of times, he, he, he slammed on his brakes just in time. And there was one particular time I remember he slammed on his brakes and both of us fell into a gorse bush. And that was that was no oh fun. Gosh. At that stage, I was like, "No, okay, this yeah. pull-on play yeah. and the running around with the horse.
2: Yeah.
1: He's really good and he is self-handicapping, but he's he's huge and I'm not Large, well coordinated. Yeah. So we, yeah. we stopped doing that at that stage. And I was like, yeah. no, let's just find different outlets for our play.
0: Well, and however much, however much fun it is, the question always has to be if something goes wrong, what could the potential outcome of that yeah. be? And that could be yeah. extremely yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, the, the worst that can happen, and the interesting thing with my horses is with this particular guy, he's now been with me for 15 years, mm. he's huge, and he's the sort of horse that most people that There's this, this thing when you go on horse forums, and everybody goes, you can't do that. of horse is a 1,000-pound animal. Mm. Okay, he's well a 1,000 pounds. I, I don't know what pounds to kilos go, but he's he's certainly about 2.2 2. kilos. 2.2. 2. So, yeah, Yeah, that would seem about right. Yeah. So, you know everybody's like oh you can't do that but in you know mostly a lot of the things we do when training them we trigger their flight behaviors
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it's traditional that when you're starting to train a horse you lunge the horse yeah and lunging basically means that you hold the horse so that they can't go away and then you wave a sticker or something flicky behind them so they move forward
2: mm-hmm. so
1: basically the only way they can go is around you in a circle because yeah. you're holding yeah. to a rope yeah. And you know, you've just triggered their flight behavior yeah. Yeah. because there's something behind them they're moving to get away from. So if we do that consistently, they always have in the back of their mind, mm. what is this person going to do right. that might be a bit scary? Right. So yeah. when, they get, when they're you know, free to do whatever they want <laughs> and they go charging past you, the natural thing for a horse to do when there is a potential threat is to kick out with the back foot. And if a horse is going past you, <laughs> at 20 miles an hour which they can do mm. and they don't like the look of you they can actually knock you out with a back foot absolutely accurately as yeah. they go past yeah. because you're a potential yeah. threat now yeah. i have never in 15 years because i was told at the start from the training that i'd got do not trigger flight behavior mm. i didn't do lunging i didn't do anything that drove the horse right. or that threatened the horse right and in 15 years he has never once kicked out at me yeah. And I've seen other horses fly past, throwing a hoof as they go. He has never once done that. And, you know, he's capable, but he just doesn't do it because I don't pose a threat.
0: Right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes absolute sense to me. I mean, if people are lunging horses from day one, then the horse, the training is being packaged with a problematic emotional response and that you're going to build that into your training. So so even if you're putting cues on this behavior, you've still got that conditioned emotional response. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I love horses. And I, I think in our conversations before, I, I, I did have three at one point. They were just, they were basically yard ornaments. They were all little miniatures and they were all rescues. But I honestly knew absolutely nothing about them. And it was a real eye opener for me to start training an animal that was a prey animal rather than a predator. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the difference was amazing. Um and I, I think I mentioned to you last time we spoke that when, when when I first got my little miniature when she first arrived and she came off the, the um, trailer, the first thing she did was to raise her front feet. Now that's not a horse, yeah. that's a cat. I know a lot about cats. Yes, yeah, so you're quite right. Yeah. <laughs> and when would a horse decide to use its so back good. feet as a defensive mechanism versus its front feet? Would that just be the proximity <laughs> of the threat or are they different scenarios? <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm um, sorry, he's a shoulder cat. That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's super um, cute. Yeah, lovely. So, um, <laughs> usually a front foot is a more. Um, Back feet are usually kind of defensive, aggressive. That's
0: a good shot right there. I'm going to take a screenshot of that. And front feet are
1: usually more, if two horses aren't too sure about one another mm. and there might right. be sort of a level of uncertainty, um, yeah. you know, sometimes there will be a fl- front foot flung out. Right. Um, and that is more of a two horses not too certain about one another and mm-hmm. wanting to say keep your distance
2: yeah
1: whereas the hind hoofs, generally speaking are predator defense right um, so you know if something is going to jump on your back like yeah. a big flawed path yeah, bald, huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you want to defend yourself you want to get it off your back <clears throat> so it's usually the back end comes right. up right and um, so Back end is usually something is attacking mm-hmm. me, and front end is usually I want to you know defend right. myself and make sure whatever these other horses, mm-hmm. or other person, or whatever keeps their distance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But usually, I mean that's that's a bit of a generalization, mm-hmm. but by and large, front end is right. is is more a kind of an attacking defense, mm-hmm. uh, whereas uh, behind end is more you know I'm getting the hell out of dodge. Right. Right. Um, and I want this thing away from me, and that's yeah. why I
0: think a lot of riders tend to get
1: fucked off.
0: Right. Um, and I, and having lived in Africa for many many years, I wouldn't. I oh, sorry, I didn't know my phone was still plugged in. Just a minute. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I normally actually throw that through the door before I start. So I, <laughs> um, I'd forgotten. Um, yeah. I it, it, well, I was always amazed. Um on safari with um zebras how powerful their back ends are when a lion is literally on the back of them yeah yeah you know three four hundred pound lion um yeah exactly and if you
1: think about zebras as well you you generally don't see them using front feet in Mm -hmm. that kind of situation but if they do you know attack something Mm -hmm. and once it's down then they will use front feet and teeth right Right. So, you know, back, back feet is generally a horse who is mm. wanting to run right. and get out of a scary situation. Yeah. Whereas a horse using front feet and teeth, the horse is in the situation and they're thinking mm. fight.
0: Right. So it's, in, it's slightly different. In, t- in terms of training practices, I, I think it's fair to say, I mean, if, if it's not, that we are probably with dogs and cats um, further along the curve, with emphasis being on positive reinforcement and not using aversive tools in the equine industry. Why, why, if that's an accurate statement, why do you think that is?
1: I think it's an accurate statement, yeah. I, I wish we were further along, but I do feel that there's been a, a huge change in the last 20 years since I've been playing right. this. Play. Um, it, in that most people that I speak to now actually have, at least have heard of mm-hmm. positive reinforcement training. Um, mm-hmm. or, or even have used it for mm-hmm. something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you know the majority, I know I am 0.001% of the horse training population mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. um, in terms of my approach and I, yeah. I like mm-hmm. had to grow. But yeah. you know I acknowledge that most training is either using negative reinforcement mm-hmm. and often using it very skillfully and very subtly. Or yeah.
0: using it's a all lot pressure of, isn't it pressure relief yeah, pressure or relief. a
1: huge mix actually yeah. of positive punishment and negative reinforcement yeah. yeah and that that can look not nice mm-hmm. at all but yeah. that's you know i think um one of the talks i did for geek week was on training horses about hoof care and hoof mm-hmm. handling yeah and most training is is pretty grim because actually a lot of the time people will just wrestle with their horses mm-hmm. they'll just waltz on in there, grab a leg and hang on to it for grim death until mm-hmm. the horse gives in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be like that, but that's the it
0: gets, the way it it gets worse. is.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I had, um, when I started opening myself up to equines and the expenses on a monthly basis, <laughs> and carriers and straw and all kinds of stuff, the, the farrier, the, and I was living in a rural part of Florida, which was, so our veterinarians were all big animal vets. Um, and they, they came to our property and the farrier they recommended was just awful. Um, I mean, he got to the point where he would walk into my property and just roll his eyes as soon as he saw me. He didn't like me at all because I insisted on using cookies. And he was like, no, we just tether them and we just, and we you hold and I just, we just get it done. Mm. And I was and, and I noticed, and I was actually cross with myself the first two times for allowing that because I would never have allowed someone to do that with my dog. But I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about horses or their care. And, and after a couple of occasions, I thought, my God, now as soon as they see your car, they're traipsing off into the forest. They see this white truck and think, oh, that asshole's coming back. Yeah. Um, and then I yeah. have to go find them. So it was like, if you want our business, you have to do it my way. And I don't care if we do one hoof a month. We're not, which is the same philosophy I have with grooming dogs. We do what we can do. in an acceptable manner. And if we have to come back today, tomorrow, whatever, that's what we do. Yes, yes. But but I tell you Dorothy, what really upset me about this individual is, we did this, we we played this dance for three years and it got to the point where when he turned up, my donkey would sort of look and go, oh, he's here. But they were okay because I was with them and they knew it was going to be okay. And even though on occasion he sort of went, hmm, you know, maybe this is working. He, ne- he was never open to discussing it and trying to take it on board. Yeah,
1: yeah. And there's such a safety aspect to it because, and again, when I was doing that, that Geek Week talk, I did some research into, you know, what is the biggest cause of injury among vets mm. and farriers? The horse's hooves. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hey, guys, this is a safer way to do this. Right. And the horse likes it. Why would we not choose that? But no, you're right. That's exactly it. Yeah. They, they might see it working, but they're still saying, oh no, you know, you, you can't do that. Well, I, <laughs> I
2: I I think, I mean, it goes back to the big green dollar, doesn't it? Because and, and that sort of short-term thinking. Yeah. Many yeah. years ago, we owned an animal hospital and a boarding facility in Oxford, New Mississippi. And we, after we've been there a few months, we decided to hire a groomer. It had a groomer before, but we, and we didn't keep them on through the sale because they were not open to learning about our way. And it mm-hmm. was very much one of those where you, I mean, I literally witnessed three people sitting on top of a Labrador to trim its nails. And I thought, well, this is just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, anyway, when, we, when, when we, we managed to find a groomer
0: who was very talented and we said, look, um, any client that's bringing an animal in to be groomed is going to be told if the animal gets stressed, the groom stops and you can bring the animal back the day after or later on or whatever it takes. And the groomer said, well, how are we gonna make any money? And I said, well, we're still gonna make money because we're gonna keep these clients for long-term. And every time, and if we do it properly at the front end, it's gonna get easier and easier and easier and easier until in the end, they're coming in and going out as quickly as anything. So that was a real struggle for our staff to accept that we would take a hit on the bottom end because it was important for the animal's emotional well-being and in, in the long term, and I and then I used to think back to the farrier and think, why would they not go into it? They, because they want the money today, they want to get the job done today, mm-hmm. and they're disassociated from any emotional attachment to the animal. That's my mm-hmm. philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which which always surprised me, but yeah. yeah
1: you know it is similar and i think but the problem is even when you say well look i'll do the training up front which i i do so you know people call me and go oh my goodness my 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 pony has had a problem with the farrier Mm -hmm. um and i'll go well i come and work with you and we'll do do stuff up front so when when the farrier or the trimmer arrives it's all fine yeah even when you do that and you say hi farrier or hi trimmer and i am excluding my my favorite trimmer who works with me, um, uh, who is not like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But generally speaking, you know, you say hi, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to stand here with food. And I am going to feed the horse. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is point at which leg you want, and the horse will place it in your hand. And that's what happens. I stand at the front, I say horse, right hoof, and the right hoof is lifted up and placed Mm in the farrier's hand and the trimming goes ahead and yeah, I yeah. say well done horse here's food <laughs> and the horse is like this is great I stand here I lift the appropriate leg yeah. I'm actually now watching really carefully to see where the fairy was looking to decide which mm-hmm. leg I need to lift next yeah. so they're actively participating right, right, in the process right, right. but you know yeah. oh my god they're getting yeah. some food
2: yeah. What's the problem with that? I just, I, don't just You know, it's funny you say that because when Nefario first came to my place, I went out there with this massive box of cookies and I had like apple flavour and because I didn't know what, what what I was gonna be using. Um, and and he looked at me like he have just brought out a box full of vipers. Yeah. It was <laughs> I mean I mean even if you don't agree with it, why do you care? It's not Yeah, like what's the, the problem? You know yeah. I
1: mean, I'm making your job easier. You know, the horse yeah. is going to offer you a hoof, he's yeah. not going to lean on you. Yeah, he's, you know, he's not going to pull his
2: hoof away, yeah. he's going to participate yeah. actively. It's so, not you know, I, I'm not gonna pay you less meaning? money because you're not rambling yeah. my pony. I'm still gonna pay yeah. you the same money. Yeah. And it'll probably take yeah. less
1: time because you don't have to yeah. fight with the horse. So yeah. yeah, I I don't I all I think we can do is to keep doing it educate, and make educate. it visible and yeah. say this is what we're doing works. Yeah. you know if you have an issue with it that's so huge mm. that you, mm. you know you think food is 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 the work of the devil and you cannot have anything yeah. to do with a horse who's being fed mm. then don't come and i'll get someone else yeah, exactly but you know it, it's still progress
0: is glacial
1: but it is happening
2: good good mm. what what
0: do you think is the sort of most um misunderstood thing about horses and training that you hear all the time um, from owners is there is there any one thing or do you think it's sort of michelle Michelle <laughs> Marietta, i'm sure you know michelle well, you, you you do know michelle uh, michelle um michelle does some great courses and I was talking to her one day about them and she was talking about sort of packaging a couple of skills together that help with horses in pastures, because Mm -hmm. it's amazing how many horses run away when the owner arrives at the pasture. My my husband laughs, my husband laughs, I can't ever imagine any of my animals running away, why would they run away? There is (laughs) such, such good stuff happening right here, there's no reason for them to run away, so it makes you wonder, doesn't it? What, what's going on when I mean, yeah. you know, when, I used to, when I used to even walk out of my back door, we had a really at six o'clock in the evening at the weekends, we would allow my miniatures into our back garden area and they would come and sit with us while we had a glass of wine. And, and when I used to walk out through my back door, I would actually see them come scurrying across the pasture just to put their head over the fence, just in case, just in case there was a cookie on offer. Yeah. So, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, when I go outside the door here, they, they whinny at me, they go, hi, Dorothy, yeah. hi, yeah. and then if I go in behind a building and come out the other side, they go, hi, again, so you know, I mean, it's, it's like a little chit-chat, but they're, they're members yeah. of the family, they, yeah. they, they like to see me, they acknowledge me, the same at mm-hmm. my partner, and you know, that's what they like, but they're also in a field, and they're almost out of, out of hearing range, mm-hmm. and I whistle, and they'll come galloping. Right because you know I am the cookie lady yeah um, and Old they and want still. to be where I am so right. you know no, no have I ever had a problem catching a horse in 15 20 years no mm-hmm. never once um, and that's again my horses used to live in 19 acres of hillside woodland streams mm-hmm. you know yeah um, and all I had to do is stand at the gate and shout
2: yeah
1: um, and everybody's like oh my god how do you ever catch your horse in 19 acres I don't
2: They come they're
1: standing waiting for me, going, hi. They want to have me. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely.
1: So, you know, I and if they if at any point a horse sees me and walks in the other direction, I am doing something seriously wrong. Yeah. And I need to revise what the hell I'm doing and and change that because that's not right. So yeah, that's that's probably I mean, in terms of the the biggest misunderstanding, I think it is that thing that horses have insight and are deliberately trying to um, get
0: one over on you. you know, so it's exactly the same as the dog world. And here's what I don't understand. If on this magnificent planet that we all habitat, if animals were really that dominant, we, we'd be gone by now. They would have collectively annihilated all of us. It would, We mm-hmm. wouldn't even exist. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, if, given if how we treat, given how life. we treat
0: most of them, if they had the ability to oh. do that, somebody would have had a general council meeting and said, "You know what? These human dirt, these nerds yeah, have got to go. Yeah. They have to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, just, they're wasting resources on this planet. We just need to get rid of all of them." Yeah. I incredible. think that's
1: an, a, a commonly voiced misconception as well amongst um, horse owners. Is um, uh, again, the horse is a thousand pound animal, and they won't do anything they don't want to do. Yeah. Right. that is totally you yeah. know all you have to do is look around yeah. at what we make horses do and what we make them suffer and endure and you realize that is complete yeah. rubbish so yeah there's yeah. there's a lot of peculiar misconceptions and,
0: and i, think and I, and I have it. to tell you i was always i mean even when i had my own horses I, um and again there were little horses i'm not a big horse in person i don't want any animal that's much larger than i am and um, I, I mean I, my friends horses. i like be, little horses too oh my my friend's horses scared i love me. I, mean, I horses. just I walk up to them and do that and go oh gosh yeah you're a little <laughs> little bit too large for me
1: yeah, I, I was actually grooming my horse earlier and uh, they were doing some building work. So he didn't, he normally puts his head down mm. so that I can pop mm-hmm.
0: and today he didn't and actually I wasn't able to reach the top. Oh. So another day. Yeah, yeah. that's how That's how I used to always approach everything. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was always amazed. I'm still am amazed actually at how, um, given how large they are, how much damage they could do if they wanted to. It's incredible yeah. how much they tolerate. Yeah. How much discomfort yeah, no, absolutely. And, unpleasantness. and uh, over the over the years, I mean, thousands of years, they've been working with and for people mm, and doing yeah. all kinds of things. Yeah. And,
1: and that's that's the thing. I mean, that's exa- exactly it. We we can take an animal that size and we can subtly bu- bully them. Yeah. To the extent that they yeah. they tolerate and endure all sorts of really horrible things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 then suddenly we're blind to the fact that we just did that and we yeah. say, "Oh, my horse is taking the piss." <laughs> Ooh. Right. And <laughs> did it, you, it
0: was, it, it, you did the webinar on, on um, riding without bits, didn't you? Yeah. No, I, no, no, you, you wrote a really nice article for Barks. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fabulous article. And it's, yeah. and it's an interesting question because it comes up in our equine committee meetings that, and, and I, you know, it's a really tough one, and I'm probably going to get myself in trouble for saying this, but <laughs> You know a PPG's guiding principles is no shock prong or choke painful or yep. fear. so i mean technically speaking membership for equine should say that we don't use all that equipment we don't need to use that equipment but it's also a fine line be- i mean and i absolutely agree i mean i you know, I mean, I again, I sat and watched um, a girlfriend of mine train her horses and would sort of look at it and analyze and say, well, why are you using negative reinforcement? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Well, well you are because you're applying pressure. It's all about pressure, release, pressure, release, pressure, release. And the animal's never, ever getting to consent or choose or they're not empowered. Mm-hmm. They're just literally being put through all these drills.
2: Yeah, You know, and
0: I, really I think
1: I agree. And I think it's it's a case of we need to be more visible. So there are there are people who are out there doing it in a different way and I think it just needs to be so visible that people can't say it is not possible to do that whereas at the moment if you say you know you can't ride a horse without a bit Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm here going yes you can yeah (laughs) Um, and you know how do you stop your horse how do I stop my horse I can ride my horse with nothing with no neck strap with no bridle with nothing and he stops when I say whoa that's how you stop your horse you stop your horse by training
2: yeah by by having a reinforcement
1: history so that the horse knows and you know you know is that safe Mm. yes it's as safe as anything because actually all you're doing with a bitch is creating a reinforcement history as well but you're creating a reinforcement history where the reinforcement has been the removal of an aversive rather than the addition of something so you know it's it's the same thing and it is possible, but there needs to be more of us making it visible. And, you know, it's happening Um, and, you know, I could list now, if you'd asked me this six, seven years ago, I would have sat and gone, ooh, could I name a list of people who are doing this? If you ask me today, I can. There's loads of them, you know, I could write out a list as long as my arm of people who are riding bitless, who are riding bridleless, who are riding without aversives, I, you know, happening.
0: and 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 I and I know it's hard for us to be patient, but I think we have to be because I think when I look at what just over the last seven or eight years of PPG and more and more clients now are coming and saying I'm trying to find a positive reinforcement trainer. Well, that wouldn't have happened ten years ago. And um, and the other thing that gives me a little bit of peace of mind is um, the number of times over hundreds of years that scientists have gone off and explored things or and then gone in front of the National Geographic Society and been told, no, that can't possibly be true. No, we don't believe you. And then 300 years later, science goes, oh, you know what? That dude was right. The world's not flat. We maybe should have listened back then you know Mm -hmm. so um it does i mean it takes time doesn't it i mean we have to get critical mass and the only way we get do that is by people like you having an impact on your area and people having an impact on their area and then gradually Mm -hmm. there are more and more
1: and i think actually the important thing is and that's why i like ppg is that by finding a like-minded group of people Mm -hmm. who aren't necessarily all focusing on the same species, Mm -hmm. but who are thinking in the same way about how we interact with animals, that creates the the impetus that we need to push everything forward. So it's not just, if I focus exclusively Mm. on horses and don't look at what is happening with other species, I'm missing out a huge, huge tool that will help me advance what I'm doing with horses. And I think that, it's why I like PPG. Mm. I feel part of something yeah. that I know that I am part of a group where people are thinking in the same way about right. how to interact with all yeah. animals. Same
0: philosophy, but, but lots of different graduated. approaches. Yeah, exactly. I um, I was talking to Leslie McDevitt. I think Leslie's actually on here. So maybe if Leslie wants, do you know Leslie McDevitt? I know of her. I've never met her. Okay. <laughs> you, need to con- you, you, you guys should connect. Leslie has yeah. got this fantastic control and leash program. and I, I use she, lots of her stuff with horses. Well, <laughs> good, I was just gonna say that because I asked Leslie in a call a few weeks ago, I think it was on a Facebook Live actually, if she's introduced that to horses. And she said, yes, yeah, she has. There's a group of, and I, again, if I'm wrong, I'm sure Leslie will jump in, that they're now introducing some of those pattern games and things into the equine world. I mean, that, yeah. that for me is just absolutely fabulous that we're now using, yeah. we're recognizing the power of mm. some of these methodologies and approaches across yeah. the species. And I think yeah. with, with Leslie's stuff as well, it, it,
1: it's it's an acknowledgement, which is difficult for a lot of people working mm. with horses, that, that there's an emotional component to what you're mm. training. Yeah. So instead of pressing through, which is what's very traditional, if your horse is a bit anxious or worried about something, mm. press through, mm. make them do it, make them do it. Right. Instead, if you use the approach, like an approach that Leslie would suggest, you actually give the animal a chance to process you experience yes. the emotion and you yeah. help them um, get to a more pleasant emotional state, and I, I think that's that's such a huge advance as well and I enjoy doing that I've, for years I've been doing this thing where if my horse gets a bit nervous out well, well you know what am I going to do I've got food with me so mm-hmm. I'll just stand we'll look yeah. at the scary thing he'll eat a bit of food You'll have a look at me and decide for ready to go and then off
0: we go. And yeah. and then and then I'm reading about the stuff that Leslie's doing going. Yes. Yeah. This is the well, way. Well, it's funny and I'm gonna give Leslie a plug here because I have her pattern games DVD on my desk and I, th- I I don't remember when I bought this. I mean it was years ago. And I watched it. And it didn't, some of it resonated, some of it didn't. And then she did the three-day event with PPG last week. And she was talking about some of her pattern games. And she was talking about, sorry, I've got contractors here and my dog is not happy with what they're doing. I don't know if you can hear them, her are barking. Um, and she was talking about one of the pattern games um, where you literally go one, two, three, and then feed. Yep. So there's reliability and predictability. And when she was talking about that, I thought, oh, my God, that's so funny. Because w- ever since my dog was a puppy, I've always done that on the grooming yeah. table. And, and counting out loud. Because yes, when, you're having yeah. to get, when you're having to remove a mat or something from them and they really don't want to be there, but they are there. And you go one two three feed they know one more second left two more seconds. Oh, okay we're done and then you go yeah. one two three again i was actually yeah. using five one two three four five and i started noticing that she was getting used to the fact that it was becoming very predictable yeah uh-huh. in terms of and when
2: you start seeing them,
1: they, they anticipate the three right or, or whatever direction you're going so i i yeah. use that as well and yeah. sometimes in training duration but but i've used similar to to leslie so if we're walking out and the horse is anxious mm. I do one two three feed, one two three feed, so non-contingent feed.
2: Yeah, um, absolutely. So it's it's
1: it's, yeah. it's fantastic and powerful, yeah. and I recommend
0: it to clients. And yes. yes. Absolutely Lovely. good, 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 good. Les is a hoop as well, and um, you'd really enjoy her. She's just, um, she's just great fun to chat to. Well, we don't have much time left. We've actually gone over on our hour, and I just feel like I've got so much else to ask you. So I'm, I am going to ask good you to way. come back in the future. But before we go, um, just tell everybody how they can reach out to you. And you know, are you doing professional workshops or just with working with pet owners? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the last year, I've actually been. Fairly quiet because normally what I do is
1: I work one-to-one and I only take on a certain number of clients because I only have so many hours in the day and I have three courses.
2: Um,
1: But 2020 was interesting and I had always said no I don't like the idea of remote working Mm -hmm. Um, and now I do. (laughs) so i'm happy you, to work you and, and, you and
0: thousands this, of others yeah yeah in yeah.
1: this year so i said oh i only work in the west of scotland and now no yeah i've had clients in california I've had clients in italy Good <laughs> you. Clients Great. In italy, i'm like oh i like this yeah so you know i i am my my facebook page is effectively my business page right i do mm-hmm. have a blog which has contact details on it as well but it you know I, I am there at the Facebook pages is who I am. And that's how people yeah. usually reach me. I do run a couple of groups. Um, what, what's the name, so... of <laughs> no, my, the name of your
0: Instagram account? Tell everybody the name of your Instagram
1: account. I can't believe nobody understands that one. My, my, Instagram, af- my Instagram account <laughs> is, is Ruby Slipper Clicker. <laughs> because i'm i'm dorothy <laughs> I, <have ruby> slippers. <laughs> I saw that this morning and it made me laugh and i did get it immediately yeah. oh good because yeah. I, I, I i'm feeling like maybe i'm being very obscure here but yeah. you know i thought dorothy ruby slippers yeah yeah, um, yeah. And, and you know yeah i'm yeah. yeah so i'm ruby slipper clicker good for you um and yeah i i'm delighted for people to reach out yeah. either via instagram or yeah. um on my facebook account which is just public because it's
2: yeah excellent and so I
1: I do have friends who are also Facebook friends so I'm sorry my friends I spam you constantly with horse stuff
0: that's all right (laughs) if they're the same friends that are bringing the horses they deserve it (laughs) yeah Oh my gosh. Well, and, and I will include all the links and everything, and the links will be um, in the stream. So anyway, yeah. Dorothy, thank you for joining me. It's always a pleasure to talk
1: it's to you. It's been really nice to talk to you. Nikki.
0: Yeah, and I, and it's Absolutely. such a gorgeous view behind your shoulder, looking out. Well, over.
1: it's we're having um, we're having May and March,
0: yesterday and today. I don't right. know why.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Short well, sleeve weather. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Well, thanks, thanks for joining us, and I and thanks for everything you do for our equine friends. Um, yeah, and I look forward to uh, having you back in the future because I've got like 10 questions here I didn't even get a chance to ask you. And I, Ooh, I need okay. answers for them, so I will. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, thank you, everybody. Okay. Right, bye, everybody. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, all of the Barks podcasts are available on Anchor. They're also available at the Barks from the Guild publication website. Visit www.barksfromtheguild.com And while you're there, you can subscribe to Barks for free. That's right, for free. Subscribe for a lifetime subscription. It's a fantastic professional animal
2: journal. Barksfromtheguild.com